Hello and welcome to HiViz, the Cause Chamber's West Garth Construction Podcast. My name is Jacqueline Smith and I'm a Senior Associate in the Construction Team here at Cause, as well as the Australian Representative for the ICC Young Arbitrator Forum. Recent developments to third-party arbitration funding regimes in Hong Kong and Singapore have created a flurry of interest in the international dispute resolution community. To speak to these developments and what they mean for parties involved in international arbitrations in these jurisdictions, I'm joined today by my colleague Catherine O'Keefe. Catherine is an associate in our international arbitration practice and is a Melbourne ambassador for ICA 2018. Welcome to the podcast, Catherine. Thanks, Jack. Great to be here. Third-party funding and arbitrations is very topical at the moment, particularly with Singapore and now Hong Kong passing legislation that will allow for this. In Singapore, there are two key dates that people really need to be aware of in this space. The first date is the 10th of January this year, when the legislation passed in Singapore, allowing third-party funding and international arbitrations and related proceedings before the Singaporean courts. The second date to be mindful of is the 1st of March, which is the date on which these changes entered into force in Singapore. Previously, the position in Singapore was that third-party funding in arbitrations was prohibited based on the common law torts of maintenance and champity. Maintenance is probably best described as improperly stirring up litigation and strife by giving aid to one party or to bring or defend a claim without just cause or excuse. And champity goes hand in hand with that and occurs when the person maintaining another stipulates for a share of the proceeds. So the concern with the torts of maintenance and champity in Singapore, as well as other jurisdictions that have historically had an issue with the use of third-party funding in both arbitrations and domestic legal proceedings, is essentially unnecessary legal action. Catherine, we've now seen similar developments in Hong Kong. Can you perhaps give us an update on what's happened over there? So Jacqueline, these changes have been expected in Hong Kong for quite a long time. Back in 2013, in June of that year, the Law Reform Commission of Hong Kong commenced a review of the position with regard to third-party funding for arbitration. And that sat um, dormant for a little while. And then in October 2016, the Commission released its report on this issue, recommending the allowance of third-party funding for both arbitration and mediation. Up until this time, third-party funding was unlawful with respect to litigation, but there was no express prohibition in relation to arbitration or mediation. And that's now since been amended in June this year. Uh, Legislation was passed to allow for third-party funding in international arbitration. Specifically, this involves amendments to both the arbitration and mediation ordinances in much the same way as uh, we've seen developments in Singapore. Now, that's really interesting, Catherine. I think just coming along from that, one of the things that came out of the recent ICC Young Arbitrator Forum Global Conference that I attended in New York recently was that there's concern globally with how third-party funding is currently used in a lot of different jurisdictions. It's not just Asia. Um, So the delegates from Europe noted that there'd been progress in France with third-party funding now being permitted, but there was still a prohibition of its use in Ireland. There was also some discussion raised about the way that third-party funding has shifted in the format it's being used in namely with the uptake of its use in investor state disputes. So there are now funds that are being formed by philanthropic organisations like the Bloomberg Foundation and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to assist states against big tobacco, for example. One of the other important issues that factored really heavily in these discussions was that there's still a real need for further regulation of the use of third-party funding in arbitrations. So at the moment, there are guidelines currently in place that govern when third-party funding needs to be disclosed to a tribunal. But the suggestion at the conference was that we need rules in place to properly regulate this area more consistently around the world. Practically speaking for clients, 
the, the absence of rules at the moment means that there could be an inst- inconsistent application of the way that third-party funding is treated by arbitral tribunals across various jurisdictions and within various institutions. But it's important for clients to note that there may be disclosure obligations attached with using a third-party funder. For example, your arbitral tribunal may ask if there is funding as it could impact the way in which they run the, the arbitration itself. So, for example, if you had two parties of inequitable means where there may be use for a an electronic trial, for example, electronic hearing rather, uh, where if one party couldn't previously afford this but now has access to a funder, it's important for the tribunal to be aware of these factors as it levels the playing field and can impact on the way in which the entire proceeding is run. Similarly, the developments are not just conf- uh, confined to these sorts of changes with disclosure obligations. More broadly speaking, the developments in Singapore and Hong Kong are particularly important for international arbitration as they remove the competitive edge once enjoyed by other jurisdictions which have always allowed for third-party funding. These changes seek to uh, make a way for an increase in the appeal in appeal of these jurisdictions that have seats of arbitration, particularly bringing arbitration into the Asia-Pacific where third-party funding is required by certain parties. So in terms of the practical changes that parties might might expect to see. A tribunal for arbitration seated in these Asia-Pacific jurisdictions may now ask whether you have such funding in place and may therefore be able to proceed on a, a stronger note than they would previously. And Catherine, with the upcoming ICA 2018 conference next year, are we likely to see third-party funding feature quite heavily in the program? So for those who aren't aware, the upcoming ICA conference is being held from the 15th to the 18th of April 2018 in Sydney um, and third party funding is featuring on the, the program as it currently stands within the session on the realities of arbitration economics, who gets to play and what are the implications. More specifically, the session will be looking at the report from the ICCA and the Queen Mary Task Force on third-party funding in international arbitration and looking at the developments in this space. So it's definitely one to get along to if you'd like to learn more about third-party funding in arbitration. Great. Thanks for joining me today, Catherine. I think that was a really important discussion. I think a lot of our clients will be interested to hear what's happening in particularly Hong Kong and Singapore, and also just to be aware of, you know, what else might be happening around the world in this space too. So to our listeners, we hope you'll join us again for the next episode of Cause High Viz. This podcast is for reference purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as such, and you should always obtain legal advice about your specific circumstances.